Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, I'm excited that we are connecting with all of the campuses here at Life today, both here in New Zealand and Australia, uh, course locals, online, and then numbers of networks that show today's message. It's such an honor to be connecting with you. And I'm excited about all that God is doing. If you're feeling new to life, I thought I'd take a moment to update everybody. I want to take this opportunity to let you know how I'm going medically. Uh, Again, if you're new to life or you haven't heard, I think it was the end of November, I discovered that I had stage four cancer in the brain and throughout my body and uh, didn't look good medically speaking. And at that moment, when you're faced with that, obviously, what you realize is you've got God working for you. And so you turn towards Him and His grace and His purpose and been through brain operations and radiation and immunotherapy, still in the process of all of that taking place. But uh, the latest uh, of the results from the medical field is that uh, a recent MRI shows that there is no cancer detected in my brain whatsoever. Praise the Lord, which is amazing. Because the brain's the hardest place from a medical point of view. And then in the other three main areas of my body where there are multiple uh, signs of cancer, they are all showing signs of shrinkage. And so again, we are so thankful to God. And I am thankful that God is with us in this process And of course, the battle's not over yet. It's still raging on, still in immunotherapy and maybe for some time. But I want to encourage everybody today that your greatest challenge is an opportunity for God to speak, for God to come into and to turn things around. And I'm believing as we go to God's Word that all of us today are going to be inspired to get up and keep fighting the fight of faith. And seeing God. So Holy Spirit, we ask you today to intersect our lives, to reach deep inside of who we are. Let there be moments today where we personally hear from you and our faith is stirred. Enable me today to bring your heart and the power and the authority of your word into our human arenas in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Over the last couple of weeks here in New Zealand, we've been talking about being influencers that God has called every one of us. If we are a person of faith and we are called to carry a divine mandate of heaven, and that is to bring the good news. I think so easy it is in our humanity to get caught up in our current situation rather than realizing We're carriers of this divine call to let others know that God is good. And I think the last time I spoke, I used a part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus taught his disciples and those listening that they were to pray that his kingdom would come on earth, not just as a reflection of heaven, but as it is in heaven. And for me, that's a challenging thought because I realize that I'm the one that's occupying earth. And so God is looking for the use of my hands, my mouth. He's looking for my response 
to be a bearer of good news and to see that we don't park at the challenges that we don't stop when the mountains seem too high for us. And I want to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 today. And I want you to listen to God's Word because Paul the Apostle is writing to Timothy who is kind of young in faith and growing into the things of God. And this is what Paul says to, his, to him. He says, Timothy, you need to fight. Listen to this. You need to get up and fight the good fight of faith. Stop fighting all of the other fights, but fight the fight of faith, whereby you lay hold of eternal life. Eternal life is not just something that happens when we pass from this earth because we have a relationship with Jesus. No, God is saying that we are to realize that we can lay hold of eternal life right now. You were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I suppose for me, it's, it's a reminder that I ask myself, am I laying hold of eternal life? Am I living a demonstrated faith? And is that my witness to others? Or is faith something that's out there and I kind of don't quite understand it and I'm not sure how I can access it and I'm not sure what it's all about. Whereas the Bible says, no, you'll need to learn to contend. If you're going to become a man or a woman of faith, then you need the fight of faith. I never understood this for a lot of my Christian walk that faith opens the door to an opposing army. Never really understood that faith brings the enemy into focus. And I've often wondered why, and even in these last few months, I'm going deeper into the field of faith. In fact, we know 2 Corinthians 8, uh, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know that scripture. I've used it many times. In other words, God is your father. God is the God that has all authority. He's not pleased when you don't understand and operate in faith because he realized you are locking yourself into the temporal and the natural. Whereas God wants you to lay hold, wants me to lay hold of eternal life and unlock the supernatural supply. Like any father that has at their disposal something for their children, it's like, well, if you would just do this, you would release my ability to bring something to you. And today, I'm telling you, there are many of us that are caught in a situation and God is saying to us, it's time for us to begin to contend with faith so that we can see the eternal, powerful authority of heaven come into our natural I wonder if you're living naturally limited right now. You have a faith, but you're not fighting the fight of faith. Naturally limited, or are you supernaturally sourced? I keep asking myself, am, am I giving into the natural of God? What are you doing? You see, I've come to discover that faith literally attracts God's attention. But I want you to hear this. It also awakens the enemy. 
So therefore, when you feel like God has given you something to stand for and to fight through and believe Him to become a reality there in Melbourne and Adelaide, again, in your business, in your relationships, in every part of your life, God says, I'm a supernatural God. I, I, I am pleased when you fight the fight of faith and you allow me to come into your contact text. You, you grab my attention when you begin to live by faith, but also you awaken the enemy. Many Christians over the years have said to me, you know, I felt like God asked me to do something and I, I said, okay, God, yeah, I'll do that. And then all hell broke loose. And at that point we think, well, maybe we got it wrong. And I'm telling you, no. Faith attracts the supernatural, but it awakens the enemy. And some of us have given up. Some of us today have let go of something God gave us to fight for. And I want to tell you today, there is a faith fight for every believer if you're going to see the supernatural begin to bring its presence into your natural world. I love Smith Wigglesworth. He lived a life that saw the supernatural everywhere. And if you read about him, take some time to study his life. You'll be fully inspired that he never saw any obstacle as the end of the matter. And yet in this book written about Smith Wigglesworth, this is what he said, Smith Wigglesworth. He said, great faith is the product of great fights. Come on, I need a name in in the auditorium. It's kind of, how's your, how's your um, last month been? Well, man, I've never fought so hard in all my life. Great faith is the byproduct of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Somebody needs to get encouraged right now. I, I thought God had asked me to do this and everything's fallen apart. No, no. There's great tests before there is great testimonies. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. Wow. And when you stop and look back over your life, you see how God calls you to some things. I've often shared how 30 years ago when we started, or more than 30 years ago life, I felt like God commissioned Marie and I to work at bringing unity in this nation of New Zealand amongst the pastors. You know the story how that for years we did that. And one particular night, I just broke down and I said, God, it's just too hard. People don't want it. To which the Holy Spirit just basically said, what did I ask you to do? Why are you giving up because it's too hard? Don't you realize that to live in faith, you need to fight? I just recalled this week as I was preparing this message after I got up of my knees and I made a decision I wouldn't give up on believing there would be a unity across this nation in the church. We hired a plane, a six-seater plane. It was Marshall Gray at the time and Pastor Steve Kennedy and we were flying up and down the country because it was cheaper and more convenient, to be honest, to go to all of these little towns in the six-seater and we came home late after we had done a whole week on the road and came into Ardmore Airport here in Auckland, I think it was 11.30 at night, and as we touched down, the wheels gave way. And we smashed into the tarmac and spun around, and we tore all the underside of the wings, and there was aviation fuel everywhere. 
Still remember the pilot getting out and vomiting on the grass. I grabbed some male's leg and just held on as we came down. But you know what I've come to realize is you can't access a new level of the supernatural without a fight. And some of us right now are being held in a space called survival because we didn't realize we're going to contend. Legacy here in New Zealand to see 45 million raised was impossible in three and a half years. God called us to that so that we could do the community work we're doing not just here in New Zealand but also throughout Australia. But you only need to be a part of the process when we just put all our chips in and said, God, if that's what you want, we're going for it. And then Paul Snell, our GM, coming back from a meeting with a bank that was going to tell us how much money they were going to give us. And we were believing for literally tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars that we could borrow. The bank we'd been with, I think 15 or 18 years, said, we're not going to buy you anything. So what do you do? Well, what have you done? What do you do when the prognosis is there is no natural hope? What do you do when you look at your marriage and say, this isn't changing, it will never change? What do you do when you go, well, my past is always going to haunt me. I never can get free with that. What do you do? You come to a place where you go, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God because by faith you access a supernatural divine supply that's going to turn things around. Jude writes in Jude 1.3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, Jude also said, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. If it's not taking skin off your knuckles, if it's not costing you something. I'm not sure you're activating faith. You may have a faith for salvation, but a faith for the supernatural is something so much more. And God's saying, come on, it's time to get up and say, devil, bring it on. Plane crashes, whatever it is, whatever takes place, whatever prognosis is kind of like, I'm just going to learn to fight harder in him. I'm going to begin to say, God, it's amazing. Three weeks ago here in Auckland, we launched, Pastor Marie launched an initiative that she's had on her heart called Miracle Mondays. And you can go to the website and Miracle Mondays is about you putting your supernatural need up for others to be able to identify and begin to pray and we're going to fight on your behalf and we're going to stand together and there are many hundreds of people now beginning to access it, not just from here but all over the world and people are beginning to say, you know it was an amazing thing because the Sunday prior to the first Miracle Monday, I was preaching here and I was still not that well but I did the first service, I think I couldn't even do the second so we just put the recording in the second service, I went home that night I had the worst night you could imagine and Monday morning I was rushed to hospital and on Monday night at midnight one o'clock I think it was something like that nurses were running into my room I had a heart rate of 165 a temperature of 40.8 and they're yelling out in the corridors code red code red code red I was shaking so uncontrollably the whole bed was bouncing up and down it's interesting, isn't it? I don't think it's coincidental that that was the birthplace of Miracle Mondays. 
I don't think it was coincidental that the plane undercarriage gave way after a decision was made that we're not going to give up. And I want to encourage you today because I believe and I feel so passionate that it's time for us to go, you know, devil, you're not going to have your way. I'm going to become a fighter of faith. Come on, Australia. I'm going to fight. No matter what things are happening around us, it's time for us to get into the ring and go, you thought this was going to nail us, but we're coming back at you. So a couple of thoughts around that today. The first is the fight of faith. Some things that requires, I've discovered, the first would be this, there needs to be a resident God word. A resident God word, not a Sunday last week God word. But maybe out of Sunday, God said something and it became a resident in your spirit. Your quiet time when you're reading the Bible, something jumps out and it's like God is speaking directly to you and it it takes up residency on the inside of who you are. You see, 1 Timothy 6.12, remember we read it, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. So I've got to reach in and I've got to take eternal life And I've got to take the truth of God's now word and cause it to become a resident within me. To be someone who is in possession right now of truth. I'm speaking to every local, every campus. I'm speaking to everyone online. What has taken residency? Of your inner man, your God man, your God woman, your inside You see, God's now word is what establishes for all of us the foundation of faith. Paul writes, hey, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. I've discovered for many and at times even in my own life that I was in survival mode. And when I'm in survival mode, I'm limited to natural supply. But when I'm in faith mode and I fight for faith, that natural limitation disbands and supernatural supply becomes a part of who I am. So as many people call me Papa P, I'm asking you, what truth do you know that you know? See, I know God is a healer, whether I get it my way or not. I settled that a long time ago. There is a time I'll go to eternity, that's in his hands. But I know that he is a healer. What are you carrying in your spirit? Because until you get a God word that takes up residency, you'll never have the ability to fight in faith. Because faith comes from the Word of God in us. And there's a danger sometimes, especially if you listen to lots of podcasts, that you live on secondhand revelation. And you don't have a residency of God's now Word. So we're going to get God's now Word. Look back over my life. 
I think from memory, the first time I recall getting a God word was when I was 13. Riding my bike to school with some mates, they were all talking about their careers, and for the first time I heard in my heart, you will serve me in the church. Became a resident. It defined how I made my decisions about my life. I wanted to go to Bible college as soon as possible because I had a resident God word. So when I was 19, I went to Bible college. Year prior, there was no way I could afford it. So I went to God and I said, God, there's no way I can pay for the fees, let alone the expenses of living a whole year in Bible college. And God said to me, give your way to a position where you'll be able to do it. And I said, what do you mean give you a? He said, I want you to start blessing others and watch me work. I went to Bible college and I had enough for the full year. It was 1981 when I left New Zealand because God asked me to go to Australia. It wasn't like he turned up and said, Paul, would you go? I just knew I had to go to Australia. I had no guarantees. It was hard to leave the family, but I knew God wanted me there. I had the worst six months of my life up until that point as I couldn't get a job and nothing opened up and I spent many a day just weeping on the carpet going, God, what is this all about? I didn't understand you had to fight for faith. But as you know, some of you, I spent 10 years there. I got married there. Marie's from Australia. Our three boys were born there and God prepared the foundation for what he wanted to do in New Zealand. But there was a fight. And if you don't have a resident God word, I'm not sure you'll ever see the supernatural the way that God wants you to see it. Then in 1991, after 10 years, God turns up and it's just like, I just know that he's changing the call and it's time to come back to birth life. You've been on the journey, you'll know that God spoke to me very clearly out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, and Marie. At that time, because it was confusing, we had given our lives to be there forever. And we were saying to other people, in fact, for the first time, I said to somebody, maybe God's calling us back to New Zealand. Seems crazy. And I read that night, verse 11 of Deuteronomy 30, for this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it afar off. And those were the questions I was asking God. When would it happen and how would it happen? It's not in heaven that you should say who will ascend to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it, nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over to the sea and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. I had actually said to God in those last couple of days, God, maybe somebody will ring us from New Zealand and confirm that that's what you want. And God says, No. Here it is, verse 14, but the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. It's taken up residency. You've got something on the inside of you that you may do it. A couple of weeks ago, I had a very hard day. Physically, I was fighting just to get through the day. And I just said, God, I need you to help me right now. I know I have to fight, but I need you to help me. I need you 
to remind me that the battle belongs to you. You know what? God took me back to the scripture he gave back in 1981, and I read again the second part, verse 19 of Deuteronomy 30. It's God speaking, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, Paul, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice. Hear this, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and length of your days. And that resident word shifted my ability to begin to stand up and fight again. And the power of the fight of faith is there needs to become a word from God that's personal, that takes up residency in your heart. Talking to Luke, Pastor Luke and the team. As we go into this year, it's like, what is God saying for this next season? Challenge you, if you don't have a resident word, you will not fight the fight of faith. It's impossible. Secondly, I think there is a need, if we're going to engage in the fight of faith, to have a daily determination. Daily determination. Everyone say daily determination. That means you, if you're online, don't just sit there not moving your mouth. Daily determination. There needs to be a determination. Again, you go back to 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Yes, lay hold of eternal life to which you were called. Remind yourself that you were called to get through this. You were called through this trial to birth a testimony that could touch other people. You were called to go through. It's not just seasonal when it feels okay. There needs to be a daily determination. And if you feel like you've lost it, why don't you stand today and inside and begin to say, no, I'm going to determine we're going to get through this. Because we know that as we step into faith, there is an attention that is attracted both by God and the enemy. So every day I've got to get up and make a decision about determination by faith. Noah, what did he do? He was warned against the things not yet seen, and he moved with godly fear. I mean, we read the story, but you imagine being Noah. God calls you to something, and it's idiotic. Build a boat. There's no boats because there's never been rain on the earth. Would you do it? I heard from God, let's go. Well, God, where's the wood? Go and get it yourself. You mean cut down? Oh, you, oh we don't have chainsaws invented yet. So out comes the axe and you begin to build the boat and all the skeptics turn up and go, what are you doing? You've lost your marbles. Yeah, but God said, there's coming a flood, a flood. All we have is dew on the earth. I mean, just put yourself in those shoes and realize you've got to make a daily determination. I'm going. I'm getting up and I'm doing it by faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he would receive as an inheritance and he didn't even know where it was. I just know God's on it, so I'm walking towards it. By faith, Sarah, 90s. Womb had stopped functioning as far as childbearing a long time ago. She received strength to bear seed. Thank God. Consider the odds against them. 
And I think there is a challenge for all of us that if we understand determination, it's to live undeterred. All right, it's getting quiet in here. Because I think it's a heart-to-heart word. What have you given up on? What have you given up on? Undeterred, it's like whatever the result from the next scan. Undeterred. Whatever happens around me with COVID, undeterred. Whatever is taking place, undeterred. You see, our determination reflects the source of our dependence. Hear that. When God is the source of our dependence, then we can stand every day and go, we're going to push through. Every one of us are going to face huge lows, impossibilities. I remember when we did this thing called Six for 600, we rode 600 kilometers on push bikes from the top of New Zealand to Auckland to raise some money for community, of which we hardly raised anything. And I made all of the people close to me to come. There's 25 of us, and I didn't do the training, and I got welts, and I had three pairs of bike pants on. I won't go into the details, but it was not good. Got up every day and did about 100, sometimes 120 kilometers in a day. Pouring rain one day, all day. Determined to get to the end. I remember we got, I think, into day three or four, maybe day four, and there was a two-kilometer rise, steep rise with gravel. And we had the support crew and the vans behind us, and I was had it. And I just couldn't do it. The others were going, but I just couldn't do it. So I got off my bike, and the van came up and said, you're right, Papa P, Pastor Paul. I said, not really. I don't think I can do it. I'm going to put my bike in the van. Everything in me didn't want to do it, but I put my bike in the van, and they drove us to the top. And once we got to the top, I got out and got on the bike again. And you would say, well, I would expect you to push through, Paul. Well, I would like to think I could always push through, but I don't always. Somebody needs to hear that today. Come on, if you've parked your bike in the van and you're in survival mode, get out of the van. The top of the hill, start going again, and by God's grace, we got there after six days of stupidity. My son Nathan sent me this scripture out of Psalm 18, 36, 37. You provide a broad path for my feet, speaking of God, so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were all destroyed. Not one cancer cell. Not one ounce of what's a part of your past to define your future. I'm going to go after every enemy. Enemy. I'm going to go, and by God's grace, with his help, I'm going to fight the fight of faith because I need to fight the fight of faith, but the battle is his. Did you know that persistence overcomes resistance? When you understand that, just stay persistent at what God's called you to do long-term. So much in the journey, I felt like God say that we would see that I didn't see for the year, in the years I thought I would, but if you stay persistent, you'll overcome resistance. 
The third thing I'd say about a fight of faith is you need a sold-out support crew. You need a team around you. You need people that are your supporters. I don't know if you've been moved about the atrocities in the Ukraine. And by the way, we were able to raise in excess of $80,000 towards the refugees. Come on, let's thank God for everybody that participated. But I don't think there are many of us that have not been moved by President Zelensky and his ability, despite all odds, to have a resolute determination. It's his determination that has caused others to stand and fight. And if faith enters a fight, then you've got to realize you can't fight alone. You need a committed army around you. All of us need the strength of people because faith loses its strength in isolation. And for all of us, we need the sold-out support crew. And so I'm asking the question, who's your support crew? Who is really the ones that are holding your arms? Again, I received an email from Pastor Brad. He sent it a couple of weeks ago. I see the prayers and the faithfulness from us, life staff, during the last season being poured out from the heavens like fuel onto the central campus, every part saturated, dripping in high-octane accelerant petroleum. And at his appointed time, I felt an emphasis at the appointed time, the Holy Spirit will come like a flame. You will not know the hour, nor the day, nor the moment. He will set aflame his church, his altar, his house. The light will be like a signal fire to the church of New Zealand and the globe. It has begun. The shouts of praise begin to fill the heavenly realms. Drums beating like thunderclaps that cannot be unheard. Shrills of deliverance echoing through hell. Death being defeated en masse. Thousands and thousands of believers who had a veil over their eyes, having it torn, an awakening that no man can manufacture. The king is here. And I read that one day and I thought, I don't know about you, but that's bringing wind to my sail. Who's your support crew? If you're isolated alone, that's not what God created. You cannot fight the fight of faith. It's too big on your own. Ukraine is holding off the Russian armies because they stand together. There is a support crew. And so it's the same with me. I've needed a resident word. I've needed a decision every day of determination. But I've also been encouraged by so many that are standing with us to fight. And everyone that needs a supernatural miracle, get into Miracle Mondays because you need an army of people that are coming before the throne room. We all need people that are willing to fight when we can't fight. That's why we have groups. That's why we come together. That's why it's so important to make sure you develop around you the wonder of a sold-out support group, not just fair-weather supporters, not just people that come together on an agenda, but people that go, you know what? I'm your supporter. I'm standing with you. A couple of weeks ago, again, I had a Zoom, the second one that's taken place globally, 70 pastors from around the world 
all of them beginning to pray for me over Zoom. The presence of God just hit. Tears running down my cheek, tears running down other people's cheeks as they realize that this isn't just a fight for Paul and Marie or a fight for life. It's a fight for all of us to see the supernatural. And there was something that lifted up. It was Paul and Silas. They weren't alone when they were in the depth of the dungeon. No, they were there encouraging each other, praying because they had a support crew. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he didn't send them one by one. He sent them two by two. If you're not in a group in these last days, if you're not connected with a solid, strengthening support crew, I don't believe you're going to live a life of faith. You may start with it, but you can't sustain the fight. I've got a folder at home. It's that thick without exaggeration. Most pastures front and back have three but God encouragements from people. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people giving me God words, giving me pictures, telling me that they're praying for me, telling them that many of them, we're having communion every day as we pray for you. And I lift it up and I open up and that support crew comes alive. And I want you to get this the right way because I need to move. Come on, team, come and join me. I realize that they've responded because they feel like I'm their support crew. And you're not a pastor and you don't get the platform that I get, but you become a supporter of others and you'll have a support crew. And when you have a support crew, you move into new levels of faith. Because you're reminded, but God, but my support crew, we're all in this. A resident God word, a daily determination, a sold out support crew. And the final one is we need a faith-filled environment. A faith-filled environment. Environments will shape your future. There's no doubt about it. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession. Good confession, not negative confession, not small confession. I think it's time, let me just say this, pastor, as a pastor, as the pastor of life. Again, Australia and here, it's time for people to come back to church. Only reason we're not in church is because we can't, we're limited, but when we can, we should be there. I've had every excuse. I've just got into different routines. Oh, you know, couldn't couldn't last wearing a mask for a whole service. Yet we'll wear a mask if we have to go shopping. And don't take it the wrong way. I'm just saying there are certain restrictions, but you know, watching online is good if it's the only thing you can do, but it's not in the environment. Because I've been to a lot of homes where there's a few of us and people don't sing that loud. People don't want to say amen because it's too kind of, you know, there's hardly any of us here. Church is different. Church is what God says, never forsake. I'm sorry if I'm being too strong. But I'm telling you, faith requires fuel. Where are you locating yourself? You're surrounding your people, yourself with people who have faith or limiting fear. Let me just wrap up. Did you know that faith can't build on fear. I cannot afford 
to be located with people that are looking through the eyes of fear. I can feel fear, but I cannot locate with people that are making decisions today because of fear. We're going to make decisions of faith. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.